0: Welcome back, Norfolk Enjoyers. I'm
1: Andrew. And I'm Steph.
0: And we're from Enjoying Norfolk.
1: You can find us talking about Norfolk on a very regular basis at enjoyingnorfolk.co.uk, on Instagram, on Facebook and on Twitter. If you've listened to the previous episodes of uh, this, our Norfolk and Good podcast, then you will be delighted to realise that this is episode five already. Well... Dun, That's dun, dun. <laughs> now, thank you very much for listening to our previous podcast episodes. Um, we have had, again, lots of really great feedback to the last one, uh, in yeah, which we yeah. talked about farm shops. Norfolk farm, yeah, shops. Norfolk farm shops. Yeah, Norfolk Which was uh, great fun. Yes, and it was. Also, yeah. um, very,
0: tasty very tasty indeed.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, uh, a few of our listeners suggested uh, other good Norfolk farm shops that might be worth a look so what were some of the suggestions that that you saw Andrew
0: yeah the ones I saw I saw Heverset farm shop yeah actually which I do remember yeah been out a while ago though a while ago but um yeah just right outside Norwich in Mm -hmm. Heverset just on the outskirts of Heverset Mm -hmm. um yeah nice farm shop there Another one, which, yes, which I have been to and I do love,
2: mm.
0: is when I'm up on the north, north on the coast road going through Cly. Mm. just on the corner of Picnic Fair.
1: Picnic Fair, yeah, that's a good one, isn't it? You always yeah. seem to be hanging around
0: Picnic well, Fair, Andrew, <laughs> to be honest. I always seem to be hungry just as I'm going through Cly.
1: Conveniently. Yeah,
0: and, and they do do some lovely pies, pasties. Savoury stuff. Sausage rolls and cakes. <laughs>
1: sausage rolls again. And cake. <laughs> And I uh, should work on commissioners. Yeah, I, I know,
0: I know. <laughs> and a nice treacle tart as I remember.
1: They do do some nice yeah. treats. I remember we stopped there before. I think we had some ice cream actually once. We were doing a walk, yeah. that nice walk down to Clyde Windmill with the yeah. kids, and we stopped there and got some ice cream. And they had, I remember, a fantastic window display this Christmas.
0: Oh, they did. Yeah. Um,
1: it's like animated, yeah, kind of It moved moving.
0: around, didn't it? It was Train, really lovely. Yeah, of,
1: yeah. yeah, I don't know if we've still ordered it. We might have it as part of some of the reels on our Instagram. But it was really nice. So yeah, really good one. Some ones which we haven't really um, ever visited, which were recommended. So um, if you've been to them and you can uh, you can tell us about them, then it was uh, Nick's Farm Shop at Backton. Never heard of it. Never been there, nope. so worth checking yeah, out. Yeah. Um And Rookery Meadows Drive Through, which mm-hmm. apparently has some connection to the Norfolk Veg Box. Oh, okay. So again, worth worth lovely having a look at. Lovely name as well. Name. Rookery I Meadows. Just go
0: for that. I yeah.
1: Think. So we'll definitely have a little investigation of that. Um And one that we have been to ourselves in the past. Well, that someone mentioned Fielding Cottage. Yes. Which are yeah. big on goats, I believe. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. Goat, goats, goat cheese, goat's and cheese everything and related to goats, to goats. I would think. <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah. But
0: um, yeah, and I'll, I'll probably stock a load of other things as well,
1: Rock. which is yes, yes, as well as good. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, thank you very much for um for sticking with us for listening again this week. Um, very different topic to last week. No food. Um oh, we, <laughs> we were sorry to disappoint you, Andrew. <laughs> we were going to talk about um books and the kind of literary connection that Norwich and Norfolk has. Mm. Um. However, once we started actually kind of compiling bits of interest for the podcast, we realised it was such a massive uh, topic. It
0: was, yeah. And
1: massively interesting. It's just massive and really broad-ranging. Um, that we It would either be one mammoth episode, and um, we don't want to completely lose your attention, or we'd have to split it into two. So what we've decided to do is um, we are going to split it into two. And this week, yep. we're going to cover something very, very close to home to us geographically. Which is um, to do with the creative writing at the University of East Anglia, uh, the UEA. So they um, were Britain's first MA in creative writing course. They they founded Britain's first MA in creative writing at the UEA fifty years ago. Wow! By Angus Wilson and Malcolm Bradbury, and they also started the UEA Literary Festival um, thirty years ago. Yeah, back in nineteen ninety one. So and uh, aside from those, amazing
0: as well already. It really is. Ago. I know. Yeah.
1: It's nearly as old as me. Or <laughs> well, I'm nearly as old as it. I shouldn't have said that that way. Man. Um, yeah, fan, uh, really super fantastically. Just quick fact about that. So their first MA student... Was Ian McEwan, <laughs> okay. who went on to to win the Booker Prize and has written novels such as Atonement and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, not too shabby. Yeah, uh, that
0: was a good first.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And their first literary festival, which now attracts around six thousand book lovers every year, what? featured the lineup of Arthur Miller, no. P. D. James, Doris Lessing, Salman Rushdie, and Ruth Rendell crikey so again that's all killer and no filler <laughs> isn't it <laughs> so they're not messing about when it comes to literature at the uea is the kind of vibe we're getting
0: yes that would again to start with that is your first one <laughs> I,
1: know, I know it's like that bar is set high <laughs> that's yeah very impressive and exciting so um uh fantastically enough this year's uea literary festival which now has obviously all had to move online because of um current restrictions etc and sort of rebranded itself as UEA Live and that kicks off this month um, on the 24th of February yes so what we thought we would do is speak to um, one of the co-directors so the co-directors of the UEA Live Festival are uh, Kate Moorhead and Alison Winch Um, and we caught up with Kate who is a lecturer in creative writing at the UEA and has also written a novel herself to find out a bit more fabulous So, thanks ever so much for your time this afternoon, Kate. Thank uh, you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> we, were, um, we were just wondering if we could sort of start things by just really introduce yourself and what you do at the UEA and your role um, with UEA Live. Yeah,
2: sure. Um, so, I am a lecturer in creative writing at UEA. I've been working there for about 10 years now, um, although... Um, yeah, more seriously in the last couple of years. I'm a novelist as well, um, and I am a big fan of UEA. <laughs> I... Um, which I guess sounds obvious, but I actually um, I did a year abroad um, when I was an undergraduate at UEA originally, that's how I discovered UEA, I'm from, I'm from the States originally, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I, I loved it so much that I came back to UEA to do my MA in creative writing, Fabulous. Um, and then I got a job, so I started teaching as an AP, um, and I've just kind of never left. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> after that so I'm very committed to the, to the uni and one of the things that you know um, I loved even when I was a student was the UEA literary festival because all these amazing writers were sort of just like on our doorstep and available to us yeah. um, as part of these events uh, so when the opportunity came up to take it over basically um, as co-director I thought uh, this will be fun and I, I've been running um, a sort of Student-facing um, events, live literature events, where the students read their own work, and we often have a headliner um, who's more of a recent uh, sort of a debut novelist or someone oh, cool. who's sort of up and coming. Usually, a graduate or someone associated with the university. Yeah. Um, so I've been running that for a couple of years, but so it seems like, uh, and I really like events and live literature events as a big interest of mine. So I thought what a great opportunity to kind of take something that has this, like, amazing history um, and, like, make it my own and put my own stamp on it and bring it to to new people. So, yeah, um, that's kind of how I got into being the co-director.
1: Fabulous. And having now done it, you said that you thought it sounded like fun. Having now done it for a couple of years, um, are you still glad that you took it on?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, as co-directors, so Alison and I as co-directors, have only officially taken this on um now okay so this this, pro, this program this spring oh, wow. is kind of um our sort of first uh little foray into co-directing although it's um still attached to the to the yearly festival but um yeah, yeah so we're this is us, our <laughs> debut on the wow. scene as it were um so we're really excited uh, and really looking forward to like what we can do in the next couple of years this kind of lines up with um i don't know if you know that it's the 50th anniversary of yeah. creative writing at uea yep. so this yep. whole year has yeah has been in a, has been um full of events and sort of things associated with it obviously they've had to change because of covid a lot of the events we mm. wanted to do um but yeah so this 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 year's festival is very much linked to that that celebration and then moving forward into sort of the new festival Um, which is we've rebranded as UEA Live we used to be just a literary festival um, and Alice and I are taking over so it's kind of a a new a new stage that we're just
1: starting so it's really exciting for us oh wow that's really exciting and yeah I was reading just on that subject um, about the 50th anniversary of the creative writing that it's 30 years this year of the first UEA literary Festival. festival so it's a big year
2: it is a big year for us to be taking it on, so, you know, not a lot of, no pressure. Or anything. <laughs> um, so you know, cool. we've, we've got some big shoes to fill as well, people who have done it in the past. But, um, yeah, I think this is a great time to, to be able to sort of, what we really want to do with, this, with the creative writing 50th anniversary and with the rebirth of the festival is to sort of think about not just what we've done in the past 50 years, although that's part of it, but and or 30 years, but what's coming next. You know, what Mm. is writing going to be as the world changes and moves forward? And that's kind of what we want to bring to this next phase of the
0: festival. So, Kate, um, tell us a little bit more about what is um, coming up at UEA Live this spring.
2: So we have uh, seven events this semester let's say this um, academic semester this spring Um, and they're pretty much every week on a Wednesday at 7 p.m they're all going to be remote obviously at the moment Um, so they're accessible online Um, and yeah we've got some really exciting ones I guess a couple of standout ones for me personally um, is we have uh, a future informed panel so again as part of the uh, creative writing 50th anniversary. There's this massive project being undertaken um, between I think six, five or six writers um, and sort of creative arts technologists. Wow! So they're pa- they're pairing these writers with these technologists to do exactly what I just said is is imagine how creative writing might uh, interplay with technology and and sort of form moving into the future. Um, So this event will actually be a panel involving some of those writers as well as the director. um, And they'll be discussing the project, discussing their work around the project, discussing the future of writing. um, And that's on March 24th. And so some of those writers, um, all graduates from UEA, I'd like to add. (laughs) is uh, novelist Imogene Hermes-Gower, uh, she wrote The Mermaid and Mrs. Hancock, which got quite a lot of um, press, yeah. uh, playwright James McDermott, we have poet Mona Arshi, and children's author Mitch Johnson, who wrote Book
1: Kick. Um, I'm reading that at the moment, book. I think, actually. Are I'm reading oh. it to my youngest son. Yeah, is that the one which is set in Jakarta? yes i think so yeah, yeah i'm literally he came to my son's school us our boys are obviously at school in in norwich locally and he actually came into the eldest school and did a bit of a reading and a book signing and so we have the book and i'm now reading it to our youngest funnily at the moment Oh, blessed. that's great that's great um
2: yeah Mitch is great as well i mean he was like working in the campus waterstones while also like touring his book at the same wow. time so like very very sweet um so, yeah, so all of them are going to be there. And then the Future Informed executive producer, Tim Wright, is chairing that event. So it's very much going to be um, kind of a, an introduction to the, that project and to, yeah, thinking about writing in the future. So that's an exciting one. And then my personal favorite is, um, because it's kind of my event, I guess, uh, is the last one, the final one on May 5th. We are premiering an exclusive uh, film art spoken word project. Um, created by Ali Smith, the writer Ali Smith, mm-hmm. um, who is who was obviously named the number one best British novelist mm-hmm. by the Times Literary Supplement. Massive mm-hmm. kudos. Um, yeah, and she's just published this quartet of novels, the seasonal novels. Um, so she and her partner, who is a video artist, um, have been making these amazing uh, visual arts sort of uh, video collaborations where Ali writes and speaks. On a topic, and Sarah puts together archive footage around sort of that topic, and so they're making one exclusively for UEA Live, um, Mm. uh, a fully new one with new writing by Ali. They're they're using the uh, East Anglian film archive to create the film, so it'll be very based in Norfolk, obviously, (laughs) Um, and uh, and it's going to air live. So the the event on May fifth is we're airing this film. Um, and we're going to have a Q&A with
1: Ali afterwards. And then that's it. The film is no longer available after that. So oh, it's my very goodness. Wow.
2: Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> um, that's... Yeah. So I really recommend anyone who's a fan of hers or who's interested in, like, film, video art and spoken word art um, yeah. to, to come to check that out. Especially considering, I mean, if you're a student at UEA, it's totally free. So there's yeah. no excuse. Was... Um, and... <laughs> If you're not a student at UEA, it's only five pounds, so it's really like not, you know. I feel like there's no excuse not to go. And if you pay a little bit more, there's a book bundle deal as well, so you get a copy of Ali's book, and that's true of all the events. Yeah, I um, saw that. They're five. They're five pounds, and then there's a slightly higher price, and you get a book. I think their most recent book included. So, um, yeah, I think that's like really accessible in terms of these kinds of names and the kinds of things that are coming in.
1: So, I, I really hope people take advantage of it. It sounds like a really exciting programme. I think two things that jump out for me are, well, just how, I mean, it is kind of, literally speaking, cutting edge, really, especially with this kind of um, integration with the the digital and with um, kind of creative arts as well, um, which, yeah, really, really forward-looking and also will appeal to people on a number of levels. But also the one thing I really like about the UA Live is that like you say it is really accessible so previously if people were perhaps it wasn't very easy for them to travel to the campus to see these events yeah. or um they don't live locally then you can potentially reach those people and and you know really widen your audience absolutely
2: and that's what we really want to do i mean you're not just sort of in the area or even in the country what's really nice is this makes these course, events yeah. international you yeah, know yeah. um and so we get to share what we're doing, which is just super exciting. I mean, obviously, moving everything online and, and having to deal with COVID, no one's happy about that, and it's definitely mm, a drawback. Yeah. To you know, we miss out on that, you know, that vibe of being in the lecture theater and there's all this bustle and everyone's you know the the writer's right there in front of you.
1: Mm. But I
2: think you do you do get you get something else in return, and I think there's a certain. Uh, intimacy of getting to sit in your bedroom and kind of listen to these Mm -hmm. people live Um, and yeah and just make it more accessible I mean generally in terms of you know uh, physical accessibility but just you know all kinds of accessibility so I love it and you know it's allowed us to make um, uh, a lot of it free for for students and and make it you know a bit cheaper although you know we know you know how that is finance (laughs) it doesn't (laughs) last long if you keep doing it that way but we're really excited about that, especially for this year, we were able to, you know, to make it really cheap or or, or free for a lot of people. Yeah, so that's, yeah. that's really important.
1: And to us, raise yeah. the profile as well, it's worth it, you know. Just especially given things are as they are, it would be yeah. very easy to have kind of just decided to skip a year or whatever. But to, to, you know, I think it's very much worth the effort. And like you say, it it is very very competitively priced this year. But if it raises the profile of the the whole. Uh, the festival and the offering, then that's going to pay dividends, hopefully, in future years.
2: Absolutely. That's the, ho- that's the hope, is that we just get fans, that when I come sure. back, even if it goes back up. I mean, I think it was only ever, like, £7 anyway. Mm. You know, sure it was pretty good. It's been quite accessible. Yeah. So, you know, the hope, the hope is that people will will stick with it. And we do offer season tickets, so that if you want, that that makes all the events cheaper and you can come to everything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think there's lots of different ways to, to access it, and I'm, I'm just excited to get to share it with people, and especially moving forward, um, thinking about how the festival is going to change in this new iteration.
0: Obviously, you changed and adapted fairly quickly, as, I, as uh, it seemed fairly, last year, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, it seemed
1: impressively yeah. um,
0: Was that a whole stressful moment for yourselves at UA Live, to get that all yes, online definitely. and...
2: Yeah, I think, you know, again, for me and Allison, because we're kind of coming into this role, um, we were quite lucky in that it didn't really fall to us. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> we, have, we have an amazing events team um, uh, led by Molly Taylor, and they do amazing work when it comes to that, generally just in terms of running our events and, and promoting them, but um in terms of making this switch and and running last semester's festival all online and making the switch quite quickly, even before that, um, it was it was a lot of stress, I think. But they, you know, they they did manage to turn it around quite. You'd almost not realize that mm-hmm. they weren't already set up to do that. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I was I was just as, as impressed with them <laughs> as you were. <laughs> I'm quite glad that 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 wasn't my responsibility because I don't know that I would have been able to do it as well. So we're we're really lucky to have them, you know, doing the kind of the hard work in the background, you know. It's actually thrown a lot of other stuff into light where you think, oh, this is quite good. Maybe we should keep this, you know. (laughs) Um, So it's about finding... You know, finding the, the not to be too cheesy, but finding the good in the situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's not that's kind of not a great thing to say, but I think realizing that there are opportunities presented, and we've been trying to do that in the school a lot. We talk a lot about what can we, how can we make this work for our advantage, basically.
1: Absolutely, yeah. and I think anything that forces evolution in a way um i think if you you're provided with a hurdle and you manage to overcome it and then perhaps like you say when that hurdle's finally hopefully removed um there may be some good things that are retained you know be it that future uea lives are a combination of in person and online and all these yeah. kind of things so and for you personally are you i mean are you, you're you've already said that you're a novelist are you writing at the moment are you involved in that Uh,
2: I am writing at the moment after a little bit of a hiatus. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm actually as someone who's, yeah, I I have a a published novel. Um, I'm sort of thinking, I'm moving away from novel writing and I'm working on a screenplay at the moment. Um, Actually kind of One of my colleagues in script writing is kind of running her own uh, was running a little course over the break, and I thought I'm going to take a course (laughs) um, and just get the get the basics down. So she's kind of been helping me learn to do some script writing and get get some ideas down in script. So that's kind of where my head's at right now. Um, A lot of my time is devoted to teaching. I'm very much like in uh, I have been a teacher first and a writer second for the last you know decade, really. And I'm just coming into a place where I might switch back a little bit. As long as I love teaching, I'm ready to do some writing.
1: Oh. Well again, they kind they complement each other, don't they? And so so forward, what are the plans for UEA Live after the spring event?
2: So um, now it's kinda of, so this is our program somewhat for us through the C W fifty. we had some say in, in some of these in some some of this that happened, but it wasn't really in our hands. Moving forward it'll be up. Allison and I a bit more to think about who we're going to bring in and who's available and I think we really want to take um, a much more a broader approach in terms of sort of cross humanities kinds of writers so not necessarily just you know fiction writers or um, uh, even you know just non-fiction writers but people who work across across the humanities and sort of across where, you know, what we do in, in the school environment. Um, but also to bring kind of an intersectional lens to thing I, I think there's some newer voices maybe that we could intertwine with our more established voices. I know that the, the festival's always brought established writers and we want to keep doing that and mm-hmm. bringing the, the names that people know. But I think... We want to take the opportunity to maybe introduce people to some voices and names that they haven't heard before, mm-hmm. um, or yeah. Yeah. that are maybe just on the cusp of coming up and being quite big. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in terms of kind of representing different uh, perspectives and different kind of outlooks, and, and looking sort of internationally and that kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, hoping to just broaden, broaden the horiz broaden the scope a little bit.
1: Um, if I were someone who was completely unfamiliar with uh, the UEA Live, I kind of, you, you know, um, I read a bit, but not a lot, so I'm not necessarily familiar with uh, with some of the authors. But how would you, um, how would you entice me to to kind of sign up for some think, of these events?
2: I think you know, even if you're not, uh, you know, we've had, we, as we said, we have a lot of you know great authors. We've had Donna Tart, Margaret Atwood, Salman Rushdie, Stephen Fry, people like that. Um, But equally, if it's names that you haven't heard of, um, but you're just interested in in checking it out, I think what's really nice is it's quite intimate. You really get a chance. It's not just the the writer reading from their work. They're in discussion with somebody. It's not even an interview. It's a conversation, um, and you really get a sense of who they are and why they why they do what they do, and, and sort of what the, why their work's interesting or important. Um, and it it certainly opened me up to new writers. So I may have seen someone in the festival that I hadn't really heard of or known before, and then thought at the end of that, man, I'm definitely going to read that because I feel like I know this person. And, and I understand where they're coming from. And I think I think contemporary audiences, we like to know our writers or our filmmakers. Like, we like to feel like we know them and, mm. and know who they are. And usually we just do that through their work. So it sort of gives you a chance to really access these people as people. And, um, you know, the people they are in conversation with are usually very relevant, you know, academics who are working in a similar field and they often know the work really well. So you get... Um, yeah, you get a really good insight, I think, into processes, if you're an artist at all, or interested in art processes, mm. um, and just, in, yeah, and uh, get to meet these, these, these writers, and, and decide for yourself if you want to check them out, so,
1: mm. especially if you're sitting at home, you know, and you can't leave your house. Yeah. <laughs> what else could? Yeah, you could definitely. It's definitely a good way to spend some time. I think. Yes. I mean, you
2: know, yes, definitely absolutely. Definitely right. Chuck a five. Chuck a fiver at it and chill yeah. and watch an exclusive yeah. Ali Smith film that no one else is ever
1: gonna see. You know, or yeah, like, you sold yes, it to me. <laughs> I'm going to sign up just for that
2: you can't (laughs) lose anything from checking it out I can guarantee you that yeah and and we you know and you can actually people can still I believe can still watch all the events from last semester so those are all available on the YouTube channel or through UEALive.com um so check them out you know the, and you know we've had bernie and Everisto last semester who just was a booker so yeah. there's probably names on there that you're you've heard of or you're interested or you, you know you, someone might have mentioned to you so you can always have a check out and see do i like this event do i want to pay a fiver
1: for another one and yeah think. in the past that's actually something like that's what i've really enjoyed about author events is um I think we do love to see what makes them tick and kind of mm. what their motivation is. And also, I always just find it really, really inspiring because they are mm. just normal people. You know, yeah. they're, we're, we're all exactly. normal people, basically. And so, but, um, you know, when you're, and, and in a more intimate setting, um, with the UEA live kind of, um, presentation, it's even more so because there we all are in exactly the same situation. Yeah. They're not even mm. on a stage in an auditorium. So yeah. Exactly. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, I can I can, I can, highly recommend it. I saw Tracy Fawn there oh, at right. one of your last, yeah, one of the last uh, events, um, who's who's somebody I used to listen to on the radio, obviously, in my youth. And um, <laughs> so that must have
1: been nice. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but it was, a, it was a great event. I, it was, yeah, and her book was really
1: fabulous, and he brought the book home, and yeah. I read it, which was <laughs> great. So I went to see Gina Miller. Right. Um, uh, God, I probably two years ago yeah, yeah. I think. and that was I mean she was a fascinating speaker anyway and, and um really really interesting woman um but yeah just I mean I I just even if I'm not particular, even even if I haven't heard of the author or I haven't read the book or it doesn't sound like a subject I'm interested in I think that you always find something to take away from um literary events absolutely I
2: think you know that's the thing about books or stories is that even people who don't they don't read a lot or whatever, you know, mm. they speak to all of us. And I think, you know, anyone interested in writing or creating art, I think uh, it's always worthwhile to see these people really talk about it. And, and I think, especially students of literature or, or writing students or, or just writers, people, you know, mm. trying to be writers out there you get in your head that these people are like magic that they just like make this magic on the page and it's like oh i'll never be that i don't have that magic but then you sit down and you listen to them talk about drafting or being rejected or you know how much yeah. work goes into it and you go oh okay like i you know i get it now and um, so i think yeah again if you don't know them it doesn't mean you can't get something out of it i think mm-hmm. you definitely will
0: Kate, we couldn't leave you without finding out what your favourite books or authors are <laughs> and what you're currently reading at the moment.
1: Mm, we had to ask it. <laughs> so, so,
2: okay, that's fair enough. My
1: favourite, <laughs> I guess, um,
2: favourite so hard, you know that is. I think, I guess the ones that stick with me, the authors that have stuck with me the longest um, and as someone who considers myself, like, an intersectional feminist, it really disappoints me that these are the ones that stuck with me the longest, <laughs> but I think a um, teenager, growing up in America in the 90s, like, you look up to these sort of, like, white male, like, renegades, right? Like, that's all there was for me, a lot. But, um, uh, I'd say J.D. Salinger, Salman Rushdie, and Kurt Vonnegut, for mm-hmm. however, for forever will be, like, my three loves, even if, you know, no matter how problematic or whatever else might go on, like, I'll never... I don't think I've ever been able to break up with any of them. (laughs) Um, But currently, I'm much more into, I've actually really gotten into um, Afro and African futurism Mm -hmm. as a genre. Um, And I've just started reading um, a book called Kabu Kabu, which is a collection of short stories by Nnedi Okorafor. And she basically only recently coined African futurism. So Afro futurism Mm -hmm. has existed for a while. And... Um, it's basically sci-fi that has black people in it, um, which sort traditionally, you know, yeah. isn't necessarily the case, um, but it tends to be from an African-American perspective. So Nanetti, uh, she writes stories that are African. They're set in Africa or they're African diaspora uh, stories that are also then futuristic and sci-fi. Um, and I think there's a lot, a lot of, of writers doing that right now. A lot of them coming out of Nigeria and other places um and they tend to be female or non-binary and they're writing these incredible sci-fi stories that really deal with things like race and gender and technology um so yeah that's that's me right now that's kind of uh, my thing at the moment yeah, <laughs> that sounds really interesting yeah. i'm going Quite to take a look at that I if i had my way we'd have like an african futurism panel at uea live next year so keep your eye All out. Well, oh yeah <laughs> you, you heard it here first <laughs>
1: You mentioned uh, earlier on that obviously you had a real affinity for, um, for the UEA and so um, presumably Norwich and Norfolk. So really just wanted to ask you, what's your, what are your favourite things about Norwich and Norfolk? What do you like doing? Where are your favourite places? Uh, um so funny
2: because uh obviously yeah I fell in love with Norwich like a million years ago with the <laughs> university and and have lived here ever since as someone who grew up in sort of Philadelphia and New York I get asked a lot like how'd you end up in Norwich of all places <laughs> like why Norwich from Philadelphia like why not London or whatever um and it's interesting I think uh, Norwich actually really reminds me of Philadelphia in some way because mm-hmm. it's got this real sense of uh Big city and small town at yeah. the same time. Mm-hmm. So there's uh, there's so much to do, and it's so sort of culturally relevant, and it's got a real sense of like youth to it, with both universities, you know, the art school and the sort of music scene. And mm-hmm. um, but then it's also really small and manageable, and you can walk it really easily, and you know, you kind of get to know people. So it's got the benefits of both. I feel like. It, um, As someone who thought I was a city kid uh, and then moved out here and went, oh, actually, it's really nice to have like space and green and fresh air and all this loveliness, um, but still have that sense of like city life to some degree, I think is partly why I am. I really fell in love with it it's also just adorable I mean as an American all my American family they love to use the word quaint yeah
1: yeah quaint. it's like a storybook I bet I bet I can totally understand yeah I completely concur on all those fronts I think there is something really unique about Norwich in that we we punch above our weight massively in terms of of progressiveness and culture but it's very compact and and like you say it has a kind of very local kind of almost a family feel to the community it's very welcoming um yes definitely um, and for someone who's like anxious in big crowds and like it's just nice to be able to wander around town and like there's people about but it's never like i don't know it's great but It makes really, The space really, to breathe uh, a little bit yeah yeah exactly <laughs> Where do you um? Where do you like to visit in Norfolk or Norwich? Would you be your yeah. top places? Yeah.
2: Um, it depends on like what we're doing. Like, um, I'm a big fan of Cinema City, obviously, and obviously these days we're not doing anything, so you know, <laughs> yeah. <there's> that. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, cinema city is like one of my favorite things about Norwich and like, I love a little tiny um, independent movie theater where you can like drink booze and watch movies <laughs> yeah, at the yeah. same time which is kind of like for an American that's a real like novelty um, uh, we're obsessed with coffee me and my partner so there's a couple of coffee places we like to go to um, Ancestors is near us which we go to a lot uh-huh. um, and Our coffee is like yeah. amazing uh, when I first moved to Norwich like 10 years 15 years ago like coffee equaled instant Mm -hmm. coffee like yeah that was pretty much all you could get and now there's just all these amazing uh, coffee places that I really rate Mm -hmm. um we have a six-year-old daughter uh or my stepdaughter so we like to take her she likes to go to um patisserie valerie and have Mm -hmm. cake uh (laughs) and there's like an indoor play area I forget what it's called in the um in the mall, mall yeah 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 um they've got this indoor play area that she's obsessed with that she mm. really misses going to which is, we have a lot of fun there definitely <laughs> 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 um, and the book hive I love the book hive obviously like independent yeah. in a bookstore um, and they, they do great events we've worked with them loads in terms of like they've provided books for some of our events and they obviously host like book launches for a lot of our students and faculty so we've got a really good connection with them and Henry mm. that owns it is great. <laughs> Amaretto Deli. If you want to check out, if you want good pizza in Norwich. Amaretto Deli is like place down on St
1: George's Street. Yeah, it's coming from a coming it's good, from yeah. a Philadelphian, um, that's high praise indeed. It really is. I, again, like
2: pizza is another thing I just gave up
1: on when I first moved here, but now there's a couple of places like Amaretto's, Good Brick Pizza. Brick, I concur. Uh, like, yeah, we had some Brick Pizza last weekend from a farm shop. We got some to uh, frozen and cook them up, and they're amazing
2: yeah really really good and canelli's as well like i was yes. really super impressed like suddenly you get all these really like nice pizza places like the yeah. norwich is booming these days or at least it was before everything shut down <laughs> yeah.
1: it will be back for like
2: 15 years i've definitely seen it change and mostly you know for the better in terms of just
1: like what's available and what's around yeah so i'm super into it definitely brilliant well i'm absolutely sure it will be back booming again fingers crossed <laughs> yeah <absolutely>. yeah <laughs> Thanks very much for all of that, Kate. If you could possibly just let us know how, if we want to um, attend some of the events at UEA Live, how do we go about it? Uh, so,
2: UEA easy to remember. Uh, all the information on all of our events for this spring are on there. Um, and you can book, if, even if you're a student and you're going for free, you do need to book.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but there you can pick, you know, if you want your book bundle or whatever. Um, and that's it and then you'll get a link basically to the actual event so um, super easy fabulous when you're there
1: and booking is <laughs> open now and the first event is the 24th of February
2: yeah and that's Titsi Dengaremba who's a filmmaker and playwright and novelist and UEA's inaugural international chair in creative writing um, wow. her wow. last book was just shortlisted for the booker so <laughs> <Cool>. another
1: <laughs> big one to, to
2: oh open gosh. up with so, again
1: come come to that wow that's absolutely fabulous Um, thank you so much for your time today Kate yeah thank you
0: Kate thank you for having me thanks for
1: the chat no problem and um, look forward to perhaps speaking with you again in the future or coming to uh, one of the events that you're chairing absolutely we hope to see you so there you go lots to look forward to this spring if you're interested in books and literature or author events
0: oh and we uh, mentioned earlier about Ian McEwan being the first MA student um, from the um, UEA's creative writing um, course. Well, actually, Ian McEwan um, was at the UEA um, Live last October, um, and he was in conversation with John Cook. And the nice thing about these events is you can listen to them again on the UEA Live website if you go to past events.
1: Yep, yeah, Live.com, past events tab. Yeah. And then you can have a look at Ian McEwen um from last october as andrew says um also all the details from this upcoming event
0: yes they're all there absolutely
1: yeah, yeah. how to get tickets how to book yourself on so all that remains i suppose is for us to say thank you for listening thank you for your time today uh if you have any feedback or any comments perhaps you were a student uh, of creative writing at the uea and um would like to shout out to a past lecturer or inspiration, perhaps you're an author yourself, or perhaps yeah, you've got comments good. about the UA Literary Festival or anecdotes or UA Live indeed, um, we always welcome feedback and comments. You can contact us via our website, enduringnorfolk.co.uk or comment under any of our social media posts. Otherwise, uh, we wish you well and we look forward to speaking with you again soon.
0: Yeah, and we will have some more um, literature and books related to Norfolk
1: next week. It's going to be a good one. It is. <laughs> yeah. Bye bye. Bye.